Entrepreneur on Fire 427. Mix a little inspiration with perspiration and a dash of Entrepreneur on Fire. Now you have the ingredients to success. Here's the master chef, John Lee Dumas. Are you ready to focus? Alpha Brain, the one-stop powerhouse for helping the body boost neurotransmitter levels and bring the mind to the top of its game can help. Get 10% off your supplement purchase by going to onit.com slash fire. O-N-N-I-T dot com slash fire. Entreport is all-in-one business automation software, but that's not all. They also bring the heat with world-class customer service, enabling entrepreneurs to easily build their businesses faster. Find out how Entreport can help your business at entreport.com slash fire. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Joel Gascoigne. Joel, are you prepared to ignite? Yeah, absolutely, John. All right. Joel is the founder and CEO of Buffer. He started it from his bedroom in the UK. Now they have 13 people and do over 2 million in annual revenues. He loves to share all his failures and learnings. And Joel, that's an entrepreneur on fire, is all about. So I've just given our listeners a little overview, but take a minute. Tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks so much, John, for the introduction. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm Joel Gascoigne. I've um, been doing Buffer now for uh, almost three years. And um, yeah, before that, um, I'm, so I'm, I'm a Brit. Uh, so I'm from the UK originally. I'm now living in San Francisco. And um, I had uh, a couple of failed startup attempts before Buffer, which I'll probably get a chance to sure. share a little bit about. Um, but yeah, Buffer is a, a tool for individuals and businesses to share uh, social media postings. Um, so to post to Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, and Google Plus in a more effective way, which uh, essentially the key thing that we offer is that you can schedule your posts. Um, so if you spend five or 10 minutes in the morning, you could write a bunch of posts and have those spread out for you throughout the day. So you can get on with what you want to do, um, but Buffer will be there posting for you. And, um, and then we provide analytics for everything that you, that you share. So Joel, one of the major reasons I'm so excited to have you as a guest on Entrepreneur on Fire is because one of our lightning round questions is for our guests to share their favorite internet resource. And let me tell you, Buffer is one of the most frequently mentioned resources on Entrepreneur on Fire. It's wow. For obvious reasons, I mean, my team utilizes it. We love it. My virtual assistant in the Philippines would probably marry you if you asked her to because you save (laughs) an incredible amount of work for her on a daily basis. So we really want to dive into that entire successful startup that you have created. But before we do, Joel, we always start Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a success quote to really get that motivational ball rolling. So take it away. Awesome, yeah. So the quote I've got for you is... um, it's a quote by Theodore Roosevelt, and it's uh, do what you can with what you have where you are. And I think uh, for me, that really helped me a lot um, in my journey because I think, you know, I was from the UK, but I was reading all these stories of startups, got funding and, um, you know, out in Silicon Valley and things. And, uh, and I had a bit of a struggle with the previous startup where I tried to take a similar approach. But, uh, you know, the fact that I was in the UK and 
and I couldn't necessarily take that same approach, at least from the start. Um, so yeah, just kind of that that quote. I, I love that because it's really focused on doing, uh, you know, stretching your resources, doing what you can with what you have, and then you know, over time that becomes so much more. And that's what I've experienced is you know I focused just on what I could do, uh, which was building a web application. Um, not focusing on a mobile app and not focusing on getting funding, but just a web application that would provided enough value to charge for. And then over time, you know, we've grown the team and uh, got pe- amazing people on board that can do those other parts, you know, building out the mobile apps and things. So, Love it, Joel. And one question I want to ask you is being from the UK, you hear those words, Silicon Valley. What yeah. does your mind conjure? Because I know even for me, being based out of the United States, I still had these images of just basically rolling hills of money, as I think the best <laughs> way I would describe it. Yeah. Um, so being from the UK, how did you perceive Silicon Valley in your mind? Yeah, it was, I think for me, it was just this amazing mythical place <laughs> I would about in blog posts and, you know, people are, you know, failure doesn't matter and everyone's. Um, super positive and and really and, and just pushing you and you're surrounded by all these people that are also trying to do it and I think I, I had a friend recently did an interview in I think in like um, an Australian uh, newspaper and she said that the best way she'd heard descri- uh, San Francisco described was 49 square miles surrounded by reality <laughs> and, uh, I think that's pretty appropriate and so that's kind of what I envisaged and and, and it was definitely all of that and even more when I kind of arrive. And that's why I've decided to stay around. I love it. I love it. 49 <laughs> square miles surrounded by reality. Boom. Yeah. So Joel, what I want to do now is dive into your entrepreneurial journey because that's what we do here at Entrepreneur on Fire. We turn the spotlight onto you, our guest, and we dissect your failures, your challenges, your obstacles at the beginning of the interview. And that's where we are. So share with us one or two of those failures. Really tell us that story, Joel. We want to be there with you when you failed. And then let's finish up with the lessons you learned from those failures. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, So I think I can go back to the previous startup and even maybe I've got So I had two startups that I attempted before Buffer and both were um, not very successful um, but they definitely kind of paved the way for me and and taught me a lot of the lessons that I put into practice in order to succeed um, uh, or have more success at least with Buffer. Um, so the first one was I was um, so I was at uh, university, so I was at, at school in the UK. Um, I did computer science and I had a, a final year, so I did a master's program and I had a final year project uh, which was a group project with a few other uh, CS. Uh, classmates and I got really excited about this project it was a, a, a it was a location based social network but this was really early on only just when the first uh, Nokia phones came out with GPS um, so I had like the Nokia N82 or something and I really liked it at the time and so we built this mobile app and web app where you could share your location where you were and this was kind of before Foursquare was even um, around and um yeah, but that was just a, it was a class project, but it became so much more than that for me. I got really excited. I wanted to, you know, spin it off into a company, apply to accelerators. And um, I think the, the, that one failed because, and that was the key learning for me was, you know, this was just a school project and I was, you know, just doing it with four other uh, classmates and they were not 
you know, startup people that they had other plans for their path in life and they were applying for jobs and things. So I kind of had to uh, leave that one. And uh, it was a struggle because I couldn't keep, I couldn't continue it by myself because they didn't necessarily want to let go of it completely. Um, you know, they thought, you know, it, something could work with it and they'd spent a year on it. So they wanted something for that. Um, so I, I kind of, I couldn't keep going with it either. So I just had to um, forget it and, and leave it. But that kind of really gave me that spark and made me know that I need, I, I wanted to uh, create a successful startup. Um, so that was kind of my first um, kind of failure, I guess. And then... Yeah, let's dive into that second one now. Yeah, absolutely. So so after that one, I knew that I wanted to do a startup. So um, I just had a few more months left of school. So I kind of... And I started it before I graduated. And then then I jumped in kind of full-time after I graduated. And um, so that was my previous startup to Buffer. And uh, it was a startup called One Page. And the... The idea of one page was that it was your business card in the cloud. So it was kind of like about.me where you could have all your contact details um, in like a nice business card in uh, on, at a web page. And you could use that web page, you know, in your email signature or as the link in your Twitter profile, things like that. And then the idea was that you'll be able to like exchange that information with people and give people that business card digitally so you don't run out of business cards. And once you've given it to them, if you change your phone number later, you could, you know, change that and you don't have to give them a whole new card or, or something. So um, that was my idea before Buffer. And, and there was just many different things that I got wrong with that. Um, Let's just drill down at least one thing that you really feel like was a cause for that failure. Yeah, I think the biggest failure with that with one page was that it started as a as a pain point I had that I wanted to solve, which is great. But um, once I dived in and started building it, I really just focused on building thing, you know, features and um, working, uh, you know, building a product that only I was, you know, really uh, shaping. So I didn't uh, talk to people. I didn't, you know, have a conversation with potential users and say, "Is this even a problem that you actually have?" I just kind of went ahead and built feature after feature, kept going with it, and then just never got that, you know, user feedback. And that was the key reason that it failed was that I just, I didn't manage to iterate with user feedback and reach a point where I had a product that was really solving an actual pain point for somebody. Wow. I love that lesson learned for so many reasons, Joel, because as entrepreneurs, you're so right. It's great to start a venture off of a pain point that we're having. That's why I launched Entrepreneur on Fire. I wanted there to be a seven day a week business podcast. But the most important thing that we can then do is that Eric Reese model of that minimally viable product. You could have created something so simple and then gone out into the marketplace and started getting feedback from your actual potential customers out there and then pivoting in different directions to continue to make one page appealing, not just to you, Joel, but to the mass market out there. And exactly. That is something that's so powerful. It's such a great takeaway, Joel. And you shared with us two great failures, which is awesome. It's two for the price of one. But boil it down from that and just give us one takeaway, one lesson that Fire Nation can learn from those two startup failures. Yeah, I think the key lesson is what you've mentioned, which is just avoid building something that nobody wants, which is what I ended up doing. And I lost a year and a half of my journey um, by doing that accidentally and then learning that lesson. So yeah, be super focused on building something that really does solve a pain point and, and talk to people and make sure that you are doing that. 
So, Joel, what I want to do now is go to the other end of the spectrum. I want to talk aha moment. I want to talk light bulb. And for you, you've had multiple light bulb moments. Some of them have worked out. Some of them haven't. But let's talk about one now that did. Really, again, make this a story. Take us there with you. Share with us that light bulb moment that you had and then the steps you took to turn it into a success. Yeah, absolutely. This one's fun. Um, so after one page, I had this dilemma where I'd kind of, I've worked, I'd worked on it for a year and a half. I hadn't had much success, um, but I did have a few thousand users. Um, none of them were very active, so I don't know how much I could have got out of them really. But I had to make this decision, you know, do I keep going with that and try and pivot it and change it in a big way to try and make it work? Or do I try something else? And so that was where really the Eric Ries, the Lean Startup kind of methodology really kicked in for me. And I decided, right, I'm going to try something else on the side. Um, but I didn't even call it a startup. You know, I just, it was just a little uh, experiment, a little project on the side. Um, and I was working um, five days a week for other people, um, building websites for other people at this point. So I really was limited by time, which I think helped me a lot as well to really focus on you know, the things that's going to actually help me to move forward. So, so I decided I'm going to try this thing on the side. I'm going to keep going with one page and keep doing the work as well. And, and you know, eventually I'll come back to one page and probably figure something out. But I just thought I'll, I'll try this. But I'll really be disciplined about sticking to the um, lean startup method, you know, methodology. And so I think in, in the first aha moment that I'll share, and I've, I've got another one as, as well. Sure. Is, um, the first one was when I first had the idea, so the idea, I had the idea for Buffer basically, which was this, this experiment, this side project. And, um, when I first had the idea, I made the same mistake that I'd already made, which was, you know, I'm a coder. And uh, the first instinct was like, Oh, this is cool. This is a cool idea that I've had, like I'll code it. And so the first aha moment was really like catching myself thinking that. And I spent, you know, a, a half a day coding and then I, and then I, uh, you know, kind of, tried to take a step back and think, you know, what am I actually doing here? I've, I've been down this path. So that was that first aha moment was like stopping myself in my tracks there and saying, no, I shouldn't be coding. I should be figuring out whether anyone else actually wants this product right. as well as, as me. Um, so that's what I did um, was I, I stopped and I, I, I took a moment to think, you know, how can I validate this idea how can i make sure other people also want this and not just me which was the mistake that i made with one page um so what i did was i put together a two-page website very very simple it took me um a couple of hours to put it together and it was basically a landing page for the product um, and it made it look like the product actually existed it had a headline that said tweet more consistently with buffer and then I had one, one, two, three down the left-hand side of um, one line of, you know, three lines describing what the product would do for you. And then I had a big sign-up button on the right-hand side. Um, but the product didn't exist at this point. So what would happen when you clicked that sign-up button is it would go to the second page of this website, which said, um, oops, sorry, you, you've called us too soon. Um, we're working hard to, to get this product ready. Um, please put your email in this box if you would like to know when it's ready. And so this really helped me because you're not going to click that sign up button unless you do have an intention to use that product, unless you've, you know, you've read that marketing message, the website, and decided that this is something that you 
find useful and you want to use. Um, so yeah, I, I put that together very quickly and I tweeted it out and um, luckily I, I guess Twitter was the target audience so that worked quite well. Right. And um, yeah, and then I kind of went from there and, I, and as soon as people put that email in that box, that was the next step was I would send them a personal email um, telling them a bit more about Buffer and asking them um, you know, if that was something that they actually had a problem with as well and had lots of conversations via email. And then the next step was, um, so I kind of had enough validation from that. People said that they would use it if it existed. And then the next step was that I added a third page. Um, in between those two pages, I did another page, which was uh, the pricing page. So now the flow became, you know, you'd hit the landing page, then you click the sign up button, and then you go to the pricing page and you'd have to choose a pricing plan. And then you'd end up at that third page that said that we're not quite ready yet. So it was like adding an extra step of validation. And so then I had a lot more emails and I had, and I checked, you know, and people did actually give me their email, even with that extra friction. Um, and then I had conversations with people about the actual pricing as well. And that just really helped me. And, and all in all, um, that was a very quick process. And then I decided, right, okay, now it makes sense to, to build this. And then I, I went ahead and built a very minimal first version of the product. And that whole process from the idea to the first version uh, took me seven weeks, um, just in evenings, weekends. And um, luckily, I uh, had the first paying customer after three days of, of launching, you know, with that validation and then, you know, three years later, we, we're 16, we're, so we're 16 people now and we're doing about two and a half million annual revenue. So we're doing about $200,000 a month in revenue. And it just started as this little side project. And, you know, there was a few aha moments and just um, kind of moving ahead. Wow. Well, congratulations. And one thing I want to ask you about right now is will you believe the importance is of getting that validation of somebody actually clicking on a sign-up button and then maybe even entering in their email for further information as opposed to even taking it that one step further of really finding out, is this something that people will actually pay for? Because before you do actually go down that road and answer that question, I kind of want to give you my quick story with Podcasters Paradise, which is a community that we just launched for podcasters to create, grow, and monetize their podcasts. We were able to build a massive email list in a very short time, but I knew that those email signups maybe weren't going to correlate into sales and I hadn't yet yeah. created that product. So we ran an early bird special for a lifetime membership for only $200 and did have over 35 people take out their wallets and actually spend $200 for a $7,000 early bird wow. special weekend that then did say, okay, we can go out and build this membership community. So what is your belief on the importance of just getting the interest and then even maybe taking it further and actually getting a financial outlay? That's amazing that you that you did that and you Thank did you. the pre-orders. That's really that's awesome. Um, I think that is the perfect example. That's the best thing um, you can do because I think um, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, there's there's no true validation um, like someone actually paying for something. That's that that is the true validation, and I think. Um, when I did these kind of landing page experiments with Buffer, um, that was just a partial validation. There's, there was still every chance that, you know, people said that they would pay, but that's, you know, only them saying it. And often that you will find out that that's not actually true. And, you know, people like to make you happy as well when you're doing <laughs> these things. So 
Um, I think for me, the the key was just to make that very, very a quick process. From so it was kind of six weeks for me from um, the first people saying that they would pay to actually then having that first version out there and people actually paying. And um, there's a chance I could have done pre-orders. I, I, that's not something I thought of at that point. But uh, six weeks was pretty quick because I was actually only had the evenings and weekends as, as well. So um, I remember when it came to the um, so I, I kind of set myself a deadline. There was um, there's a there's a community called Hacker News, um, which is really awesome to get involved with. And they had a, a a few people had got together and said, you know, they they called it the November Startup Sprint. Um, so that was back three years ago, and people said basically during November I'm going to launch something by the end of November at the very latest. And I decided just to get involved in that. And so it got to like the, the 30th of November and I was like, okay, I've got to cut a few things out here to just launch it. And so that was quite hard to cut some things out, but um, I did that. And so it was really, I kind of minimized that time to, to launching it. And then luckily I had the first paying customer after three days. Um, so it worked out, but yeah, I agree. Definitely. If you can get people to, to open their wallets and, and pay for something, even before you have something, then that's the best case. Well, happy three-year anniversary, Joel, because as we're recording this, we're coming right up on that November 30th date. So that's huge. And let's take that to present times right now. Let's take it to your three-year anniversary because you do have a lot of exciting things going on at Buffer. Can you share with Fire Nation maybe one thing that's just really exciting you right now and then maybe share some ways that you are actually attaining that 200000 per month revenue. That's very impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, probably the most exciting thing um, right now with Buffer is that, um, so one of the things we've decided to do at Buffer is to um, think about and uh, put into words our culture um, quite early. So we put it into words when we were seven people and we decided what the culture was that we wanted to have. We have uh, nine values. Um, We have, so some of our values are things like we have default to transparency, so I share all, whenever I come and talk with you, John, I share all our numbers and every single detail because I think that's going to help the most people, but it also yeah. helps um, people to have a lot of trust in us because they feel like we're not you know, hiding anything. So that's one of our values. We have other values like um, focus on self-improvement. Everyone in the team has something they're working on to improve themselves, and we have discussions around that. And so I think that's probably the most exciting thing is that um, so it was the start of this year that we put our values into words and, and kind of set them down and decide. And then we started to really hire by those values and, and change the team um, based on those values. And we've had to make some tough um, team change decisions around that. But it's just been really, really uh, amazing to see the power of that when you have a team of people that are all aligned around that and people now um get in you know people are coming to us and they want to join the team and so it's really helped with hiring because people recognize those values that we have and want to be part of that wow well joel i love your transparency and you have truly found a kindred spirit in the world of transparency and actually a close friend and somebody that i look up to pat flynn of smart passive income for a long time has been sharing his income reports and that was an inspiration don't you love that Yeah, it's amazing. It inspired me as well. And we actually here at Entrepreneur on Fire decided to be the first in the podcasting world to go out there and share our income report. So in September, which was our one-year anniversary, 
we released our first monthly income report. And this last month in October, we just released our second one, which we were so thrilled. We are not quite at the 200 and change mark, but we did break six figures, Joe. We are just a tad over $100,000 for just a month of income for October. I love it. I love the income reports and it's really great that you're doing that. And that's, we've, so one thing we've done is um, we have a, a whole separate blog um, for all of our transparency. So it's called, it's, it's the open blog. It's open.offerapp.com. And um, I actually recently just published um, every month I publish the actual email that I send to our investors, which is the the buffer investor update with all of our revenue, how many new users we've had, all every single detail. There's no change from what I email our investors. And then we also have um, a happiness report, which is on the um, customer support side of how we're we doing with you know customer support, and we and then we have um, our content report as well, which is our you know how is our main blog doing? How many readers do we have there? What have been the things that we've been trying there that have worked or haven't worked and things? So, yeah, I love that transparency, Joel, because like you mentioned, and I just want to point out again, when you share the income reports, when you open that curtain, you can really help so many people by showing what is working and what is not working. They can emulate your successes and they can avoid your mistakes and your failures. And that's what I'm trying to do to the podcasters in the podcasting world is be that person that they can emulate our successes. But just as importantly, sometimes even more importantly, they can avoid our mistakes, which we're making by the bucket load every single month. And you're doing that with Buffer, which is so huge. Yeah, and just to add to that, I think so. One of our advisors is uh, Heaton Shah, the oh, yeah. founder of Kissmetrics and Crazy Egg, and um, he has one of the one of my most favorite uh, quotes, apart from the one I mentioned, um, in his email signature, and and it's a Zig Ziglar quote, and it says, um, "You will get all you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want," and that's kind of really what I love about you know this sharing. You know all of our learnings and failures through these income reports and and uh, investor updates and things. Is you know, if you just help enough other people to, you know, it's like I spent I, I lost a year and a half doing one page, and I'll try and meet as many people and share you know that lesson as, as much as I can to help other people avoid losing a year or two years of their life learning those same lessons. And so yeah, I really believe in that. You know, help other people and then you will do well. Wow. What a golden nugget. And Joe, we have to move on to the lightning round, but I just want you to take 30 seconds before we do. Share with Fire Nation one or two of the ways that you monetize Buffer. Yeah, absolutely. So until about four months ago, our only revenue stream was our $10 a month uh, paid plan, which we called the awesome plan. (laughs) And and yeah, so we have about 16,000, 17,000 paying customers um, on that ten dollars a month plan, so that makes up you know one hundred and sixty, one hundred seventy thousand uh, dollars a month, and so and that number is about it's just under two percent of our overall uh, user base, and um, and then the other side of it is that we've recently started to do business and enterprise plans for Buffer, so that's more in the fifty, one hundred and two fifty dollars a month range, and then on the enterprise side even. Um, into the thousands of dollars a month. And um, that's kind of just um, more of what we already provide and, and some business-specific features. Um, but yeah, that's the um, that's the only revenue stream, and I'm really happy about that because it's so user-focused, it's so you know customer-focused. Um, everything we do is to try and build something that 
people really love and then it's providing enough value that they decide to pay for it. Well, just like you dubbed it, it truly is an awesome plan, Joel. And we're going to break in to thank our sponsors. Three of my favorite S-words, all in one neat little package. Start, systemize, scale. Pretty important concepts, right? Okay, so you must know how to start after listening to Entrepreneur on Fire all this time. But what about systemizing and scaling your business? Systemizing and scaling your business are both integral to your success. If you're not able to manage your workflow and platforms easily, then you'll start to feel frustrated and burnt out real quick. And scaling? Well, who doesn't want to find the best ways to scale their business? What if I told you there's one simple solution to achieving these three S-words? Entreport is a business operating system that combines sales, marketing, and business automation tools, providing a streamlined platform designed to give entrepreneurs like you the powerful technology you need, minus the anxiety and frustration. Entreport is also supported by award-winning, world-class customer service, which ensures you'll have help every step of the way. Go to entreport.com slash fire today to find out more. Now, I may not be all-American. I'm actually 80% French, 20% English, just an FYI. But I do try my absolute best to stay all-natural when it comes to what I'm putting in my body. I believe that taking care of your body and maintaining a healthy lifestyle is absolutely necessary to achieving success. Why? If you're not treating your body right, then why would you expect it to treat you right? Of all the things you need to work right in your body, your brain has to be the most important. But it's not very often we think about providing our brain with the key nutrients to support peak performance. Lucky for us, this company, Onnit, has created a flagship supplement designed to make it easy to give your brain everything it needs to function at above optimal levels. It's called Alpha Brain, and ever since I started using it, I live by it. You can get 10% off your supplement purchase right now by going to onnit.com slash fire. O-N-N-I-T dot com slash fire. And this is a great segue to what my favorite part of the interview is, the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions, Joel, and you come back at us Fire Nation style with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sounds good, John. I'll do my best. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? The biggest thing holding me back was, so luckily I got into entrepreneurship pretty early. It was an entrepreneurship society at my uh, university. Um, So I wasn't kind of held back too much by those things, but I think it really was finding the right idea because um, and and building something that was actually solving a pain point uh, because until you actually do that, then it can't grow. You know, you can spend all your time building out features and things, but I was doing that and I was just one person and I, I wouldn't really call myself an entrepreneur then. It was when I, you know, hit that product market fit, found something that worked. So I think that's really what held me back was, you know, finding the right idea and something that worked. Joel, what's the best advice you've ever received? This one's going to be a little bit paradoxical, but I, I had really good advice from one of our advisors, Eric Kim, and also when we went through AngelPad, the accelerator that we went through. Um, and they both said to me and Leo, um, they said, don't take um, everyone's advice. So it's kind of, um, you know, it's good to take the information in, but at the end of the day, it's got to be your own decision. I think one of the things I've learned is that there's so many different paths. There's so many different entrepreneurs out there taking very different approaches. And you've really got to 
be happy that the approach you're deciding to take is in line with your values and how you want to, you know, be going about your life. Um, so that was the key one is, you know, don't take every bit of advice, take it all in and then make your own decision. Everything you do should be your own decision, not based on that advice. Can you share one of your personal habits, Joel, that you believe contributes to your success? I'm pretty happy to share that. Um, so I use Foursquare to check in when I go to the gym, and I'm happy to share that I've just hit 98 weeks in a row at the gym. And Boom. I go, <laughs> yes, I'm almost 100 now. I, I can't uh, lose it at this point. Uh, but I, and I normally go actually um, three to five times a week. Um, and I go first thing in the morning, and it just really gets me fired up for the day. Um, so I think that's probably, I've been doing that since the start of Buffer. And I really think it's helped carry me through is, you know, doing that physical exercise every day. I think it helps in so many different ways. Love that. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? And this is where most people say buffer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, actually, Evernote is something that I use every single day. It's really, really fantastic. I think on top of that, um, Hacker News is just really great. Um, the thing I like about Hacker News is that I really like changed my um, reading habits of online uh, you know, news and things. And I changed to reading individual uh, blogs from like uh, founders and CEOs um, because I found that that's a lot better than you know, maybe some of the bigger tech publications. And I really like that. You know, so I basically decided to sub- sub- subscribe to um, a, a wide range of different founders, but they only blog every, you know, not that frequently. Um, but I get a lot of information, and I found Hacker News is a great way to find these uh, entrepreneurs who are blogging, and you can get their insights. So I, I use Hacker News to find them, and then I subscribe to them. And I use um, Feedly as a really great uh, tool as well. I use Feedly to read all my um, uh, blogs. So. And it, and it has, a, it has a buffer integration as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Got to get the buffer plug. Love it. <laughs> so, Joel, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to this resource and everything we've mentioned in today's episode at eofire.com slash Joel Gascoin. Joel, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Yeah, my favorite book of all time. I've read it probably 10 times, and I have it on audio as well, is um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Um, it's, yeah, it changed my life. It, I, I learned a lot from that, and we based a lot of the buffer culture and the values around that, and I think um, it's just a great way to try and live your life. Totally. Well, Fire Nation, I know you love audio, and this book is incredible. So if you haven't already, you can get the audio version of this book for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Joel, I need you to focus on this next question because it is a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, that is a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, this actually is not too dissimilar to the situation I was in when I started Buffer. And I think really uh, the key with, you know, when you're an entrepreneur is to find a problem that people actually have. 
So I think I would forget the $500. Uh, I, I was able to start Buffer without anything really. Um, and I would really focus on, you know, if you don't know anyone in this new world, you've got to then, you know, I would go out there and, and meet people and talk to them, um, learn about their lives and the problems they have in their lives. And then um, really try and be reflect, you know, attentive to the problems that are coming up and then find one of those problems and then boom, like solve it. Um, and then that's going to be the way to, to succeed, I think. Love it. Well, Joel, I have loved your transparency and I know that Fire Nation has as well. So let's end the interview by you giving Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, share the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Awesome. Thanks so much, John. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, last piece of uh, advice I would say is definitely just get started right away. Um, uh, I know a lot of times, especially one example of this is people wait, for have, wait to have a co-founder before they get started, especially if uh, you're not a coder and you want to do an internet startup, um, I would say just um, do whatever you can. Put, pull something together with WordPress or whatever it needs to be. And I've found that actually the way that you attract a co-founder is that you have something out there already, and it's been kind of, it's falling apart a little bit. It's not that great, but then the technical co-founder sees it and sees, oh, he's actually already got something. It's actually working with some users, and then they come and think, oh, I, I, could, I could improve this a lot, and this could really work. Um, the worst is when you don't have anything and you're trying to attract a co-founder and you kind of have to pitch them. You don't want to pitch them. You want to show them the traction that you've got. So I would say just um, get started as quickly as you can. Um, yeah, and then how to reach me. Um, so my email is joel at bufferapp.com. Um, you can email me anytime. And I'm on Twitter, uh, Joel Gascoigne. Um, it's probably hard, hard to spell, but I'm sure you'll put it in the, in the notes, John. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and my, my blog is joel.is, so J-O-E-L dot I-S. Um, that's my blog, and it's also got my uh, an email on there as well. Um, yeah, and I, I love to hear from people and, and be in touch. So, yeah, that would be awesome. Joel, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything of value, even your hard-to-spell Twitter name mm-hmm. at eofire.com click on the podcast tab because you are hanging out in the archives or just enter in joel j-o-e-l in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up joel thank you for being so generous with your time your expertise and experience fire nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side thanks so much john it's been a real pleasure A friend of mine recently released an online product using a new merchant account. He started receiving emails from customers that the system wasn't processing payments. But when he tried to reach his merchant support team, they were unavailable because it was after hours. Any questions regarding your store will be handled quickly by Shopify's 24-hour customer support team. Ready to switch? Get a free 14-day trial and 20% off for life at shopify.com slash fire. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. Ignite.